Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy DJ Benjamin in the spaceship alongside my co-host on the premiere podcast of Geek Culture presented by people of color. You done? Like that, yeah. You, you done? Know, you got my, it all out? My spiel is done. <laughs> sure? There we go. I'm pretty good, you know? Yeah. Good. How you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. This is Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech. What's going on? Yep. And of course, alongside, back in the place to be is... Don Will. I don't have a cool nickname yet. Uh, Aren't you like the Scotty? You Scotty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You said that last week. You Scotty of the spaceship. There we go. You Scotty of the spaceship. I'm a horror. And you're? Uh, the Captain Kirk of hip hop. Will Shatner. A.K.A. the butcher of names. You butchered your own name again. <laughs> this dude stayed butchering his own name. Oh, yeah, it is the William Shatner of hip hop. The William not Shatner the captain, of hip hop. Not the Captain Kirk. Captain? Yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we got an excitable intro right now. And, you know, before we go any further, let me introduce our special guest for the evening. Been a long time coming to get this man in the studio since I started this show. I've been trying to get him here. Finally, the one and only young guru is in the building. This is good. This is good. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. That was that was a nice way of saying, yo, my man flaked out on me like three or four times. But who, who's really, counting? It was the, that was the real nice bit I mean way of saying, yo, my man flaked on me. <laughs> under, under every bus he could find to throw you under. Yeah. I hear another one coming right now, boy. Oh, man. Well, you know, welcome, guru. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finally made it, man. Yep, you know, happy. Happy I mean, early birthday. It's, you know, your birthday this week. It's not only my birthday. It's the 40th, so. Oh, oh yeah, the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is yeah. the big one. This is the big one. Happy birthday to you, too, bro. Yeah, you know, for, yeah. for, the, for the fan bros who don't know, me and Guru share the same birthday, February 27th. Yes, sir. Yep. We yeah. have celebrated it now for about. Now, don't tell them all okay. that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've known each other a good minute, though. Uh, yeah. Let, yeah. let Ben on me act up. I got a lot of bones in them closets, <laughs> oh, boy, I could pull out. Now I know uh-huh. who to call. Oh, it's uh-huh. years. It's years. It's years. <laughs> Just piling up yeah. in the oh, closet. Man. Oh, nice. man. Several cemeteries up in that joint. <laughs> <laughs> it's serious. But, yeah, once again, welcome, Young Guru. You know, we'll get more into an interview later on. But right now we got some, you know, news of the week. And we had to start off on a somber note, man. Um, I guess we had to just say this like this. R.I.P. to Harold Ramis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Star of, you know... Man, I I can't even, you know, begin to say what that means. Like, you know, that's Egon, Ghostbusters, yeah. you know. It's like, the, I just found out that he directed um, Groundhog Day, yeah. which is another, like, you know, Beyond the Classic, um, Caddyshack, um, them, yeah. what's the, National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah, he stayed in the background yeah. Um, yeah. and didn't yeah. necessarily didn't have, you know, those big, big, big blockbuster roles after Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. but he was still good, you know? He did Multiplicity, which yeah. is another great one. He directed that, like... He almost directed my whole childhood. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. yeah, when it comes to comedies, he, like, you know, was the building blocks of, you know, some of the best for me as a child. Like, Ghostbusters is just far and above, and, like, he has some of the best lines in Ghostbusters, so it's just, you know, it's sad to see him go. Uh, there was a tribute to him, though, at the New York Firehouse where they filmed Ghostbusters at. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, somebody put some Twinkies out and um, some candles and a picture of him. That was dope. Yeah. It, it, that was sweet. It's yeah. dope that they can remember him like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Him a- yeah. Definitely. So, R.I.P. to Harold Ramis. Um, 
What else is you know news this week, Tatiana, in the film world? Um, well, in the film world, I actually um, got whiff of uh, some Judge Dredd news. <clears throat> there is going to be, or there's talks about having a Judge Dredd two. You didn't, and this, I'm talking about the Judge Dredd yeah, with Carl Urban. Urban yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, I, I, I really cut it off it? like halfway through it. Really? Yeah, it was. It actually wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I went, no. I went, I saw it on like HBO. I went in there with low expectations, and actually, <laughs> that, that always helps. I thought it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, I it, was, it wasn't. I say it wasn't as I bad as I thought horrible. it would be. I cut it off. I remember like when Judge Red shoots somebody and his head explodes, yeah. and he made some like really bad, you know, joke about it, and I was yeah. like, oh, it wasn't man. as bad as I thought oh. it would be. But I, but I watched the whole thing through. So he's saying that right now they're in talks. Don't really know what that means, but you know what's coming. Yeah. It got to be right. It got to be dope. Yeah. It's 2014. It's like the yeah. amount of effects and everything that and you have access to. It got to be crazy. You you can't front on sci-fi right now. And this, and that was fronting on sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and other sequel news, though, Spike Lee is confirming a School Days 2 sequel? Spike Lee confirmed. Wow. Confirmed that he's doing a School Days 2 sequel. I'm saying this is the biggest mistake ever. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? <laughs> biggest Why? mistake. Here's my input Best Man this. 2 worked. It's not that, the same yeah, thing. And totally, let me explain. Totally and you different. should know this being a Howardite. You yeah. should know this. Maybe not Greek or nothing like that, but that whole Greek life and way of Greek life, it was, yeah. it was different back it, then when yeah. School Days came out. This is true. One, yep. two, the social environment at that time was different. So we, not to say that we're not going through stuff now, but it was a different. So this approach. isn't gonna be following the grown up version. No, no. So no Wesley so, Snipes. So the way they're doing it is, um, Lawrence Fishburne is gonna be the president of the school, and as far as we know, that's the only returning person. You saw me hang my head, fan bros right. out there. Oh, you man. couldn't see me hang my but head, and to, yeah. to me, the philosophy and what that 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 film brought about what what it was talking about at that time was very exclusive to that time it's mm-hmm. it's similar to what um on our last show Maceo said you know when you stuff that you're doing when you 16 17 years old and you 30 years old now and people want you to do that old stuff like it doesn't even make sense you can't right. even relate to that type of thing and to me that's what i feel like school days 2 would be is like how can you relate to that type of yeah, Just I thought it was going to be like the characters it. returning. It. Nah. No, as far as we know right now, the only person coming back, or mm-hmm. the only person that he wants to come back is Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, Wesley Snipes is out of jail and everything, and he still can't listen, get to work. Listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you want a Blade 2? You want a, excuse me, a Blade 10? I, I slash want, School Days I want two? Wesley Snipes working. That's what I want. <laughs> school Days 2 Blade. <laughs> school Days 2 featuring Blade. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, what else do we have here? Marvel's intros of the Guardians of the Galaxy characters. Yeah, um, fanbros.com, y'all. We we, we actually put that out. Um, They introed each character. So you can see Gamora and Groot and the rest of them. Um, it's um, it's pretty much like like character profiles of each person. So um, I think it's like a two or three minute long um video for each person. What's his name? Star Lord has some. Uh, if you look on his screenshot, he's like been accused of like sexual misconduct in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's some crazy stuff. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's sort of like the what's the name? It's, what was the issues where they used to put it was no storyline. It was all a character's bio. Like, oh, like the Mar- character um, and catalog the Marvel yeah. Universe. Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. yeah. Sort yeah. of like that. Definitely. Uh Gal Good Gal Gadot. <laughs> Gal Gadot. I was going to, I almost had that one. Yo, Uh-oh. this dude can't pronounce nobody's <laughs> name. <laughs> that's that's, that's I, a, I am the butcher of I'll names. I'll give Gal Gadot uh, got in the news a little yeah. bit because she posted a bunch of pictures on her Twitter showing her working out. 
balancing on a little balance ball and showing off her little, you know, she's playing Wonder two Woman, two millimeter muscles. Wow, it's gonna be a lot of. <laughs> let me just say, it's gonna be a lot of CG. It's gonna be a lot of CG. She's gonna have a CG costume on it, everything, cause she's she looking kind of scrawny. The yeah. Muscle Man suit, yeah. just like the styrofoam joint. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. She's looking kind of scrawny to be a, uh, you know, Wonder Woman, but you know, we'll see what happens. I even tweeted her. I said, "Yo, you need to get some." More. <laughs> wow. I said, "You need to buff up." <laughs> I said, oh, I see you, Wonder Woman, buff up. <laughs> Did she respond? Nah. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. No, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't think so. I, 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 I was being rude to her. I was just like, yo, oh, you know, man. you're doing a good job, but keep on going. Well, also, the Godzilla trailer dropped out, uh, dropped uh, out, dropped today. There you go. There we go. The Godzilla trailer dropped today, <laughs> uh, starring Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad. Yes. Yeah. The guy who should have been Lex Luthor, but that's another story. Uh, well, I don't know. I t- all right. Oh, all right, all right, all right, yeah. all right. Well, yeah, the, the Godzilla trailer dropped today. It gives you your first look at Godzilla. It looks pretty good. She looks ginormous. I had this argument earlier in the week with somebody on the. Well, what, there was a she? Yeah, because Godzilla is oh, yeah. a yeah, she. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, they're like, no, it's asexual. I'm like, no, Godzilla is no, a, a female. Yeah, dead it yeah. right, you know. And it's, I guess she should be the queen of all monsters since not yeah. the king, but, you know. Whatever, Godzilla trailer looks much better than the Matthew Broderick BS, so there we have it. You can check that out on fanbros.com as well. Yes, sir. Yeah, and in the biggest film comic-related news of the week, maybe, um, they cast a black man as the Human Torch. And a lot of yeah. people are quite angry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah people aren't happy, girl. That, um, that, uh, what's the brother's name? I actually know his brother. His brother. Michael uh, B. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I know his yeah. brother. His brother wrote a book and was, uh, had done some talking and stuff with me. But he's been grinding, man. Oh, he deserves yeah. that yeah, spot. No, he deserves you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. been grinding. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't have, actually, you know, I had a conversation with this about people with this on, on Twitter. And for me, it's, this it goes two ways. If you're, like, severely messing with canon to the point where you're, derailing the whole story like you can't have a white black panther it just don't make any sense right, stuff yeah. like that okay whatever but for <laughs> something like this you i wouldn't mind going a little left because you can create extra stories out of it and when you think about it someone made this point to me as well when you think about it marvel don't even pay attention to their own canon anymore they make so many changes and so right. many rearrangements with so much stuff it's just like almost anything's possible at this point there's talk of maybe doing a storyline between um him and sue where like one of them were re- adopted Right. Yeah. So they have like an adopted family, you know, and that's that's normal nowadays. It's actually modern. There's plenty of families out there that have people of different races and colors and whatnot in their family. So it makes sense and they're actually plausible. So I actually wouldn't mind a change like this. There, you know, you can you can look at it from two different ways, right? One of them is my problem with when they transfer all this stuff to movies, and I think we've had this conversation yeah. before. Is that you have characters that have been built for years and years and years, regardless of his film, whatever, and people have loved and bought this character and followed this character forever. So when you change certain things, when you change timelines, when you change so much about the character that the person fell in love with, they have a problem with that. Now, if the person is just hating because it's like, oh, Torch is white and we got a right. black to do it, that's different. That's like, I don't want to see a black actor. Right. But if yeah. you're coming from the standpoint of, of a, a comic book fan, it's like I almost throw up when Wolverine and Rogue come to Professor X at the same time because I'm like, yo, you're cutting out way too much yes, stuff. Yes, like, yes, you realize yes. what that, you know, when you transfer all the other legacy things, there's no way you could mess up the, the Star Wars timeline. There's no way you could mess up the Star Trek timeline. And as much stuff that goes on in the whole Star Trek universe, the timeline stays in sync. X-Men is like that for a lot of people, especially yeah. my age, because mm-hmm. that was the most rocking comic book that you grew up 
with and got to start. I didn't get to start Spider-Man. My dad did. I didn't get to start, you know, Conan and all. X-Men was like, yeah, I get to start with y'all. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like I've grown up with it, and then you just change my timeline. And I'm like, whoa. Right, you know right. what I mean? So that could be people's reserve, too. It's like when you change too many things, it's like what universe am I in? And that's true. And that's true. To to their defense, also the people who are just like, you know, well, let's let's just try it out. Only because, like I said, Marvel themselves don't even stick to the same thing. They change their own characters around. They be oh, changing. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. be, you know very <laughs> yeah. well that how they be effing with the timeline yeah. all, the time, all the time, and it kind of it's kind of pissy a little bit. So I mean, I th- I say give it a chance. Yeah, I thought um one really interesting argument I saw was a lot of people were mad because they didn't make um Sue Storm black as well. You know, because mm. they're like they have this adopted thing now that yeah. needs extra explanation. Right. But it, it will need extra explanation, right? It's extra work, and it's extra work that really yeah. you know the Fantastic Four never had to deal with before. But right. the other issue is they're like they didn't do that because they don't want to see a black woman kiss Reed, you know, and have this interracial relationship. And so that one, I have that to say, be, that might be I mean, you know Marvel not you know having cold feet and not really. Right. Well, I mean, this isn't even Marvel. This is Sony who owns the right, Fantastic right. Four. But as Guru said, there there may just be a. a some group of haters basically like like the whole people who went in about um on um what's his face with the hammer what am i thinking thor 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 with that whole thing with hamda well, being a black man yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it, went, it went it went i went completely blank but yeah with hamda playing that so yeah. they they felt some type of way about that you know oh he's like i'm like yeah he's a norse guy but i mean mm. why not why not? So might as well be Idris, right? Right. Yeah. Like the poem said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not Idris Elba, right? Right. Himdale <laughs> <laughs> yeah. said that. All right. Well, that's it with the film comic news. Uh, Tatiana, what's up with the Tatiana TED Talk of the Week? Is, is that the name for it now? I, I, I thought we had a new name. <laughs> TED Talk with Tatiana. Well, yesterday, Samsung Galaxy S5 was released. Well, not released, revealed. And you don't. You're just like, okay, who cares? Everyone in the room. There was, there was, there was definitely. I was waiting for the so, news. So, so, well, so. Oh, shoot! Oh, he's waiting for news. So, for people who care, the people Samsung, go hard for Samsung Galaxy. People do go hard for Samsung. Samsung Galaxy, yeah. But the Galaxy S5 was revealed yesterday um, in a kind of anticlimactic uh, uh, event. Obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they didn't change much about it. It's a tiny bit bigger than uh, the S4. It comes with, really? if, yeah, it's a tiny bit bigger, 5.1 inches. It comes with a fingerprint scanner now. Um, it has a new power save feature. So, like, you can, the battery can in theory, last 21 hours. So that's a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like trying to make it sound amazing, yeah. but it's not. It, it's okay. I was looking forward to it. I was disappointed by it. So it is what it is. Um, besides that. Uh, there was some, you know, we have some bigger news. I thought. I'm, sa- <laughs> and I'm trying to get to it. Besides that, another huge thing that happened. Facebook bought WhatsApp for 15, excuse me, $19 billion. I still think you're missing the biggest. We'll get there. You don't think that that's big? You don't think that's big? That's a big deal. $19 billion is a lot of money. Not just just the amount of money. But why they buy it. Yeah, exactly. The acquisition of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so WhatsApp, if you don't know, WhatsApp is a cross-platform messaging service. And you you can use it on Blackberry, iOS, Android, anything. anything. And the, the, the greatest thing yep. about WhatsApp, um, I think that people are missing, is for the people that travel internationally. Yes. yes. I know for myself, it's 
it's cool to be able to get people's numbers and text, right? But with WhatsApp, it's like I don't have to be online. It mm-hmm. very easily goes through whether or not you're on 4G, LTE, you know, hooked up to whatever. And to be able to just text anybody across the world and they don't have an extra charge and you don't have an extra yeah. charge right. is just the greatest thing on earth. And, yes. you know, the ease of it. So it's texting, it's pictures, it's audio notes. They just added video. voice call. Yeah. They're going to yeah. add voice calling yeah. in the spring. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. next time. And that's huge considering they have like 450 million active users. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's a, that's a big pull for, um, for Facebook right there. Yeah. And they need it right now. They do need it. They yeah. do need it. I, I got a few more techniques, but I want to make sure I get to yours, the one that you wait and talk about. I mean, Go this ahead, seemed to be the biggest, it. you know, news that I saw this week was the, you know, apparent death of net neutrality with yeah. Netflix inking a deal with Net Comcast. neutrality is officially <laughs> dead, man. I mean. Do you, so do, do you guys know what net neutrality is? You might need to explain well, it to the people The concept of net neutrality, basically that all internet traffic is, is treated equally, regardless of where it's coming from. How much of it's going back and forth through the pipes, yada, yada, yada. Right now, if you have, you use Netflix, you know, maybe you're on Comcast, maybe you're on Fios, wherever you're on, you may have noticed for the past couple of months, it's been kind of slow. It may have been buffering a lot more than usual. Maybe it's been pausing a lot more than usual. And that's because people like Verizon and Comcast and the rest of them have been putting, have been slowing down the traffic. I will say Netflix does use a lot, a lot of broad uh, bandwidth. Like yeah. 30% of the internet right now. <laughs> it's really high, right. Yeah. And on and at sometimes at like the peak times, it's like 50% of traffic. So it's, it's mad crazy. So what the net neutrality rules, they were trying to escape from having to pay extra to be given preference over these, over these pipes, over these internet pipes. Now net neutrality is dead because Netflix has sealed a deal with Comcast and they will pay money to get better service. There's no such thing as net neutrality. Yeah, I didn't Number think Number one, yeah. never, ever have been, ever will be. The point is, is that you finding out in this new world that whoever owns the servers owns the world. Right. And that's, yeah. the, that's the bottom line, period, with anything. It's not just for that. It's for everything in our life. Um, I was going to write an article about this, but people don't really realize that. You don't have to worry about Big Brother, right? It's whoever owns the servers. And, and they're what they're doing is making a lot of money off of you and your information. So it's a whole new way we got to start to think about how we charge people for who we are. Mm -hmm. Meaning they watch what you do and there'll be a report that says, okay, 80% of people that own this type of music vote this type way. 80%, 70% of the people in this area when such and such movie went out, they went to go watch it. This is all that information is valuable to advertisers, to people that are running for office so that they know where you right. So people are in essence using your information to gain. So there needs to be uh, some like type of micro pay system so that people can get paid off of their information because people try to hide it before, but there's never been no type of, just everybody's equal on the internet. Yeah, I mean, right. like like you said, thirty percent of all internet traffic at any given time—that's a big damn deal. Yeah, and that's you know, and that that does clog up networks, as you said. You know, that does clog up servers, mm-hmm. everything. So this is—I mean, this is just the beginning of what's to come. So now Netflix is in talks with Verizon and the rest of them, and hopefully in the next coming months, 
the speeds will come, you know, the speeds will come up. They'll fix that. You'll be able to watch with no issues. But do you feel like that's wrong? I mean, you actually pay for Netflix. You don't right. think about it because you right. just did it that one time and right. it just takes a couple of hours I, out every month. But it's a business. Right. Yeah. On a business level, I don't think it's wrong simply because it's true. If you're using these, if you're using Cogent Communications, for instance, owns these pipes. Mm-hmm. They got to they gotta take, they got to deal with all this traffic and all this network traffic and all this, you know, issues, really. So someone got to get paid to be able to upgrade them upgrade the pipe so we're able to watch this stuff with no problem so on a business level no nah, i don't think it's wrong however i'm nervous that this is going to translate to smaller people like startups and people like that where they can't get prime positioning or prime traffic because they have to pay more to these out. providers oh, okay. and they get frozen do you, out do you think that the, those people right now are not they may not be doing a straight cash deal but best believe the people that pop up in the first two pages of google have have had a conversation with Oh Google. yeah. Some yeah, type yeah, of exchange yeah. has happened. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So there's never been neutrality. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. I feel you. <laughs> All right. Anything else? And lastly, on what is it, March eleventh, Twitch is coming to Xbox One. Twitch is the live streaming service where you'll be able to stream the games that you're playing to other people. So if say for instance you're playing Call of Duty um, you'll be able to actually stream it live to other people so they can watch you play. You can um, upload and save your replays, your games. It's a cool service. Funny thing, though, is PlayStation had it for a while now, so everyone's uh, saying Xbox One is late to the party. It is what it is. It happens. Yeah. As long uh, as they get there, right? As long as they, long get, as they get to the party. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, with that, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros. Yo, this is DJ Maceo from De La Soul. And when I'm not taking a shit, or when I am taking a shit, I'm on my PDA listening to Fan Bros. <laughs> no cameras. Holla. <laughs> and welcome back, Fan Bros. I hope that break wasn't too long. It's your boy, DJ Ben. I mean, always constantly reintroducing myself. And, you know, as I said before, we have a special guest in the studio tonight. The one and only Young Guru is here. Yes, sir. All right, sir, got some questions for you. You know, most people know you as the DJ engineer for Jay-Z. Some know you're the world travel public speaker on a variety of topics. Mm-hmm. Questlove's called you the Gordon Parks of Instagram. Yes, sir. But we just got to know here at Fan Bros, do you consider yourself a fan bro? Yes, absolutely. All righty, Nice. What was the first moment when you knew you were a geek? Uh, man, first moment when I knew I was a geek. First of all, the word geek isn't a negative word to me. Okay. Right? Shouldn't be. Um, when I knew I was a geek, I guess when I was starting to take stuff apart and put it back together, like bikes and VCRs, and uh, I just like fixing stuff and figuring out how stuff works. I used to take a lot of stuff apart and not be able to put it back together, and then that pissed me off. But that was like maybe like... <laughs> Six, seven years old, I was doing that. So, uh, like, what sparked that early interest in, like, engineering and science and whatnot? Or how far does it go back? I mean, I mean, obviously the six, seven, like... Yeah, it goes back that far. Just um, wondering how the world worked, I, I guess is the best way to say it. I know that's a broad, uh, you know, answer, but the curiosity was there about how does this work? How w- w- What's driving this? What makes this go? You know, and then when you mix that with like, by the time I was <clears throat> 12, 13 years old, <clears throat> started really digging into like religion and, and, and trying to figure stuff out. So then like when I got past all of that, I'm like, okay, this is a whole farce. Then I really started getting into um, 
physics and like what because when I argue somebody about religion, I wanted to back it up with science, mm-hmm. right? So I would be like, try to figure out a whole bunch of stuff, and that, that's really where it started. But the technical thing was just dope because I was young, and it was that age where there was this huge separation between like computer stuff and analog stuff. You know what I mean? Which is kind of hard to see nowadays. But the 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 coming in of personal computing was something that was always dope to me. So that was another part of just the technical aspect. But I used to just like everything. How does a bridge work? How does an elevator work? How does the, you know, like anything. So the engineering goes back to even before you became like a sound engineer. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, wait. I was, I was in a, a, a thing called FAME, which is Forum for the Advancement of Minorities in Engineering. Mm, right, yeah. I've always been an engineer. Like in terms of just engineering, period. In terms of building stuff, that's that's from junior high school. I didn't know that. Man. Yeah, I was in this thing called Fame. Um, but that was like civil engineering. I was going to be like a either more with the architecture side of designing buildings, but I actually wanted to help build them, and not yeah. just architecture. Um, but you, we studied all engineering. You had to do civil. <clears throat> you had to do everything all the way down the line, just so you could see what type of engineer you wanted to be. But I liked systems, like so. I wanted to work on like certain types of systems. But then, the love of the music came in, and that's when you know you combine the two. Yeah. Yeah. And and early DJing. Okay. You gotta kind of be an electronics geek to get into DJing. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to under because there's a lot of setup and stuff. Yeah. Or 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 not even just setup. Like I'm from Wilmington, Delaware, and there like we was kids, and there's no clubs. So we had to build everything. Like yeah. We built mm-hmm. our speakers. You know, it was real, real Jamaican, you know, style or early hip hop <laughs> style. Like we built everything. Yeah. So that that too was, you know, electronics and figuring stuff out and crossovers and soldering and yeah. just all that type of stuff. Yeah, I was on the same type of stuff. Yeah. So how do you feel about to 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 take what you just said about how how you were as a kid like you were six seven years old getting into this mm-hmm. nowadays you don't see too many children that are into that type of stuff they they always about the end result maybe not about actually building it mm-hmm. and what do you think would be the best way to get them maybe more interested I don't know if it's I I, <clears throat> I can't or do speak you even on, agree yeah I, I may disagree a little bit um <clears throat> the average kid is probably into the same things it's mm-hmm. just that the physical thing is not right there in front of them. Mm. And their world revolves around a computer now. Yeah. Where our world didn't, we didn't have that screen and we didn't have phones to look at. So meaning that it was a tactile world. Right. You had to touch stuff. You had to go get it. Pick up and a book. Yeah, it was still more mess, analog than digital. You yeah, had to yeah. mess with it. I mean, just touching it, like actually right. touching it. So now when kids try to understand concepts, everything is on a screen and not in front of you. And engineering sometimes is one of those things where you really need to, uh, to build the prototype. Um, I agree. There's a, there's a there's a famous thing that Roger Lynn, um, the guy who created the NPCs, always says is like you'll learn way more by building the prototype than arguing with somebody for, you know, five months about the design. Like build the prototype, sit it in front of somebody and just shut up and watch them use it, and th- you'll learn way more than arguing back and forth over a computer. I agree with you. <clears throat> yeah, because like when I was in high school, I was a part of this engineering program. We had to do an egg drop pro- uh, contest. So you pretty much build a container to drop the egg off the ceiling, yeah, yeah. I did that off the too. Uh, roof of the building, yeah. And like, you learn so much more just about impact and about physics than you did just opening a book and just right. reading it, you know. Yeah. Um, and kids need to go outside. You need to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serious, because then they, you know, it's, it, it, they, they, no they one spend, goes outside anymore. Yeah, they spend too much time online. They spend too much time. Like my son um, asked me for this one video thing console. I forget which one it was. 
but he was just like, I was like, oh, this must be the new thing that all the kids have. And he's like, yeah, I want to play with my man down the street. And he literally lives like five houses away from us. <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> so gone are the days so, where you sit with your buddy yeah, and play now with them. Now they per- no, the they'll be together. But next and go, <laughs> yo, you go home because it's fresher that we're playing yeah. online against each yeah. other. Yeah. Even if we're only five, like they're sitting there together and then they'll leave each other and be like, yeah, let's go wirelessly through the internet, play each other. It's like, come on. Oh, no home base land. They're like, oh no, we're going to be. No, they, they, they play Call of Duty like like five doors away yeah. from each other online. Yeah, but that's the whole thing is to yeah. be with the online community. is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, kids need to go outside and like experience life. Oh man! Speaking of games and geekdom and everything, like how far does it go back for you? Were you like Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, of course, you, okay. of course, of course, of course, of course. I went to um, an all white high school as well, so like Dungeons and Dragons was just like a standard. Um, but that was like man, that goes all the way back to sixth grade, seventh grade. Dungeons and Dragons. I had all the books, all the paper. You know, it was the normal thing where we we had a, a really great comic book store uh, in my hood. Mm. Um, and they had they carry every Dungeons and Dragons book you could ever ever think of. It was just great fun role playing game, imagination. You know, I was really into fantasy, adventure, uh, magic. You know what I mean, that type of thing. Um, but comic books, man, goes back to before I was born. My father was a comic serious serious comic head. Oh wow. Um, so by the time I was born, I had all the classics already in my house. What mm-hmm. I did for my father was organize them put the white back in behind it, put the plastic around it, nice. um, you know, for his whole collection. Because when I got into it and then I started going through his stuff, I was like, oh, snap, this is a Conan 1. You know wow. what I'm saying? My dad has Black Panther 1, 3, wow. whatever. <clears throat> um, Spider-Man is just stupid with him. Um, and these are the original. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The joints that say 5 cent, 10 cent, 15 Damn. cent. Um, very, it runs very deep. My dad was, he collected Thor, Spider-Man, uh, Black Panther, uh, what else? He had, he had a bunch of stuff, man. But 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 those really like quirky Archie joints. Like my dad had those. Um, he was just that's how I got into it. My dad was just a comic book fiend, and then I just picked up on the ones I liked, and you saw certain stuff come about. So you know, be, imagine being a kid watching Akira for the first time, and it's like the first time I saw Akira. Wow. was like um my boy had a VHS tape, and it didn't have. I don't even, it had no English subtitles. Do you mm. just listen to so, Japanese? Yeah, it was Japanese. So wow. we would just sit there and watch it and have no clue what the story was about. And oh, we would like man. make up our own story because we were not sure what the hell was going on. It yeah. was the dopest thing because yeah. when I watched it the first time, I was just like, okay, cool. And I think I was too young to really understand yeah. it. Yeah. And then at a certain point, you know, you get a greater understanding. When I watched it again, I was like, oh, oh wow. yeah. Yeah, because I caught it in college. So. Yeah. so you're an anime fan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but see, back then it was like you had classics. You had like mostly just the the karate joints. So Fist of the North Star yeah. um, was probably one of my favorites. Uh, and just all that series, the, all of those joints. You watch any of the old Gundam series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to watch those. Um, Robotech. Yeah, Robotech yeah. was cool. I, I was I, back then though. I, I felt like Saturday morning cartoons was like messing with those you know what i'm saying so i i i I wasn't so heavy into that yeah because it was so much that as a kid that i really thought was great like 
I thought like Thundercats was great. I thought <laughs> no, like, Thundercats yeah. was great. <laughs> I thought like you know what I'm saying like the majority of Saturday morning cartoons, Voltron, yep. and, and, yeah, and all that was just ridiculous. You know what I mean? So I was into those stories a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, Robotech, I caught like one day. I, I think we were talking about this last week, and it was like Robotech would come on at the most random times. But mm-hmm. when I caught it, and somebody actually got killed on it, yeah, and then yeah. a bunch of people got killed on it. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is something different. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> understand. That's I didn't, yeah, no, no, no. But I didn't understand. I didn't understand how um, uh, comics and 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 everything was was viewed in Japan. Yeah. Until I saw, oh, I forget the name of it, but I saw one where there was sex. Oh yeah, and Ninja, I was Ninja like, Scroll? yeah, Ninja and I was like, Scroll. I was like yeah, Ninja Scroll. Ninja Scroll. Yeah. And I was like, yo, like this is real, like this is grown up cartoons. Yeah. You know what right. I'm saying? But even as a kid, it wasn't the, it wasn't the like. Oh, they, you know, I mean, they having sex on it. Wasn't yeah, like, ooh, it wasn't ooh, like, ooh. I was just from that point. I was just like, okay, this is a very mature. This is different cartoon. Yeah, yeah. it's not for kids. That's how I felt when I saw the dude yeah. get shot on Robotech, and yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is different. Like you used to GI Joe, and nobody died. Yeah, right, right, right. Just fly past you. Yeah, or the plane blows up, and you automatically hit the eject button. Exactly. Everybody has parachutes. Every time. Um, you travel all around the world speaking to different people on different subjects. What do yeah. you feel like, what are some of the most memorable things or what do people really take to like when, like as far as giving out information, what is topics that are most um, well received? I just try to stay on top of whatever's going on technology wise in the world, but I also try to give it from a standpoint of um, the evil that men do. Mm. And that's going to be the title of my second book, right? I'm doing an engineering book okay. first. But the title of my second book is going to be that, and it's and it's sort of my talks are about what's going on in the world. But we could, if we look at what we do, is it's neither negative or positive in the essence of what it is. Money, right? The idea of money is neither negative or positive. It's how people manipulate money that's negative or positive, mm-hmm. right? You could take the money and you could go build a. Uh, a shelter for homeless people or you could take that money and do the most devilish thing right the money itself is neutral so if we study the history of this country and we study how technology has been used every time we discover something new we use it for evil right our government uses technology to hold people so on one end there's the there's the engineer who wants to completely explore nanotechnology right and say oh this would be great if I could have my grandmother swallow a cracker and it's something that will eat up her cancer. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah. I also look at it from the standpoint of, wow, the government is going to have something that I can swallow on a cracker or a flake of cereal that Less. they can scan my whole body. And mm-hmm. if we get to the point where it's like, okay, so-and-so just robbed this place. Shut your Okay, shut, shut everything. No, no, shut you down. Shut you exactly. down. You stop auto, breathing, yeah. we knock you out for 20 seconds so that you can stop running and we get to you. That's how it's going to be sold. You, you understand what I'm saying? So yeah, it's exactly. like yeah, you could, it's showing yeah. what the technology could do. Or um, when we when we get into Monsanto's and what they're doing with Terminator food, seeds yeah. and with the food, you know, like, okay, yeah, if if your aim is to end world hunger, then I'm kind of with you genetically modifying some stuff, even though I believe, like, we don't understand nature enough to be messing with anything. Yeah. And 
we skip over the fact that nature is already perfect. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> it doesn't need whatever to be. That doesn't matter. Just yeah. whatever. Whatever you need is yeah. Right. It doesn't, yeah. It doesn't need to be genetically modified. Right. right? You don't. You, this is one of them things That's where. That's for proprietary, proprietary purposes. Absolutely. Yeah, and, right. and. Like you put and, me on to like how apples, they, they make seeds in apples so that oh, yeah. you can't replant the seeds once it's grown yeah. and fully yeah, whatever. Term, terminated seeds. That's so, crazy to me. So not only do we not know what that's doing to the earth. Right. Mm-hmm. In terms of putting this genetically modified seed into the earth and what that's doing to the rest of the farms that are around the farmer that's using the Monsanto seeds. Right. It, I try to highlight these type of things, things that I feel like, yes, we have these great strides in technology and um, what's going on. But be careful. And let's not be naive that these things have been used before. It's it's, it's the exact moment where Einstein walked in and, um, to, to a room with all the scientists that he was working with and he sees them gassing pigeons. And he looks at them and he's like, y'all motherfucker, like, y'all using this science? This is what you're going to, you're going to gas the soldiers? Mm-hmm. Like that, like he gets, so immediately he mm-hmm. walks out. He's saying this to the SS, my dude. Like, mm. this is, you know, like, fear of death is not, like, they murk yeah. everybody. Right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> murk everybody. He's basically saying this to Hitler, where he's like, I'm not doing this for you. I'm not going to, you're not going to use my science to go kill, kill people. Yeah. You know, he walked away from it. Tom Dow, the same way. We, you may know Tom Dow as the classic engineer that worked on all the Atlantic Chemical, records. Yeah. He, right? He did Aretha Franklin. Anybody that was on Atlantic, he did it. Before he did that, the reason that he even went into engineering is because what he was doing got used to make the atom bomb. Wow. Yep. So when he figured out, but you got to remember that the wow. way that the, the the way that everything was networked back then, his university was networked with sixteen other universities. Right, it was one of the pre earliest forms of any type of internet, internet of what we're thinking about. Right, and they working in a room in New York City. Then they figuring out, yo, they taking all our information, putting this together, and this is what they did with it. Mm. So he walks away. Okay, and I'm just go make music. You know, like that type of thing is. Making sure that people, especially people from the hood too, because we don't always have time to like <clears throat> read up on everything and know everything. And it's not all the time. A lot of times people will be like, well, people just need to read. And I'm like, well, I understand people have real lives. And so, when you're focused on survival, it's tough to focus on enlightenment. I, right, most, exactly. most, most said it yeah. best. You know what I'm saying? Too busy surviving to argue about Darwin, Darwin. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to survive. And not even if you're just not surviving. If people, average person my age that's 40 years old, they go to work, you know, they wake up, they take their 2.5 kids to work, I mean, to school, Mm -hmm. then they go to work themselves, right? They come home, it's three o'clock, daddy probably getting home at five, right? Right. Then it's like if you're half a parent, you're at least going to spend an hour or so going over the homework, the mother's in there cooking, you know, whatever little special little thing the kids need before tomorrow. Now you tucking them in. Now it's like eight something. Mm -hmm. Now you like got this much personal time before you got to be to sleep and you got to kind of get the regular news to go what's, you know what I mean? To Mm -hmm. know what's going on in the direct world. You need to know the weather, who got shot today, you know, what's going on with Obama. Like you don't really have time to be doing all that. Yeah. Right. And, And so it's just the people that search that out. Here, here you go. If I could put up a post on my Instagram, that makes you think about something, then you know that's really my purpose. Or if I'm, if I'm, can just tell you about servers and all these other things. So this is the real reason why you're being so vocal about everything because you're yeah. trying to get into that area, that niche area where people may not have the time to yeah. seek out some enlightenment. And just the mere fact that they don't understand that that like you're giving you're you're giving away a lot on on social media. 
a whole lot. Yeah, you're giving yeah. away a lot, and these companies are using what it is that you're giving away for a gain or for a purpose. And then if you don't, we, we, we that have come through and have seen personal computing rise can look at it from a, a, you know from an objective standpoint without always being so subjective, right? Mm-hmm. Without being in it, I can step out and objectively look at it and see where it's going. It's like warning people before it gets to a certain point where it's too late. And then it's like, okay, now we're gonna look back and do the history Well, you know, we, the 2020, if you're looking backwards, I mean, like, um, I just read, I just finished uh, Grant Morrison's book, mm. uh, Super Gods, mm-hmm. and he talked about, he just made the craziest point or reference in it. Uh, you know Jack Kirby's work when yeah. he was talking about the mother box. Yes, yeah. And Grant Morrison, and uh, for those who don't know Jack Kirby, you know, one of the greats, comic book mm-hmm. author and writer, mm-hmm. and he has this concept of a mother box, which is a little box that every person in the world would have. And it's like linked to this great computer, and it's always telling you how your day is, what's going on, you know, what you need. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da. It takes care of you. It's your mother box. Right. And he's like, we're not realizing that we already have a mother box. You know, mm-hmm. every person in the world has a smartphone now connected to a great computer that tells you exactly what you need, everything. Right. How's your yeah. day doing? And right. when when I read that and made that connection that he'd made already, it just like. Well, it's kind of one of those moments where you're just like, oh, yeah. fuck. What will bug you out, though? <laughs> Too late. Yeah. What will bug you out, though, is that we look at, there's some very classic science fiction writing that should be a requirement for all students, yes. right? Absolutely. So what bugs me out is to go back and read like some H.G. Wells stuff. Mm-hmm. Isaac Asimov, and, yeah, you need to read yeah, this stuff. Absolutely. Brave New World. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to see ex- how accurate these people were in describing where we are in 1919 and 1920 yes. and just seeing where all of this can go the mind that had to be able to absorb all of that and say this is if you start down this road this is where you're gonna go that's one of my questions for you later but that's like one of like i always like to ask people this is like what was the one where it, like it's kind of related to you know when did you become a geek but like what's the one where it just made you realize that okay it's not right and like Mine was reading uh, Brave New World and Fahrenheit 451. Made made me feel out like what wasn't right. Like I just knew that we were like we were already living in that future that they were talking about. Like when I read Fahrenheit 451 as a kid, I was like, oh man, we're kind of fucked, you know, because in the, the so world like, it described, I saw it right now. So so like mm-hmm. what futurist book maybe read in the past? Like did you? Okay, I see. What I mean, I've read I've read most of them, but I don't know. I guess uh, when I first first saw the internet. Um, like really come to mm. life when I was at Howard. Okay. And yep. back then yeah. they was calling it the information uh, super highway. Yep. Yep. And yeah. one of the people that was, we had a group back then called Culture Initiative that threw a hip hop conference yes, at Howard. Mm-hmm. And one of my good um, homegirls, Lachelle, was in the, in, see at Howard they came through the engineering building mm-hmm. first. Um, and Lachelle was the first person to be like, yo, you could you could go book your, um, your tickets at you know back yeah. then the internet wasn't pictures and all that right but it, but like everything bulletin boards yeah that you yeah. could yeah. do on Text. there was crazy and then the idea to me that like I'm talking to somebody way over here in Germany I'm talking to somebody like all the bulletin boards was like for people all over stuff. the place yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. huge that was back CompuServe days that's yeah. when I was on yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like texting but across the world right and I think that was the big moment where it kind of it kind of struck me like wow this is this is and you know it's going through a phone this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> so that's when you knew yo we are basically but, but, well, in the future well just just because you know you automatically think okay we've already connected the world through phone lines so this means that hypothetically whoever has a phone number I can, I can contact reach, them yeah. that's crazy yeah. and exchange information but, not just but computer voice. information yeah. computer yeah. information yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. alright well well 
that brings a point. So that brings a point that I that I realized about you when I was looking at a lot of your talks. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about like uh, MIDI machines and all yeah. this other stuff, mm-hmm. and I was just that just made me understand. You know, DJs tend to be on the precipice of new technology. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, with your engineer background combined with your musical background, you've been privy to see a lot of new technology and be it's, involved with that so what's even more crazy is that the more you what you put out into the universe you get back yes so me loving new stuff gets me to the point where now i get invited to go see new stuff right mm-hmm. whether or not it's like okay i get invited to nam and all the like back rooms at nam or i get invited to speak at aes and all the like back room stuff right, so right. then this past weekend i got to judge at georgia tech the new instruments uh competition which was just so many hundreds of entries from all across the world, which gets whittled down to like 30 uh, semifinalists, and then we picked a finalist. But just to see the ideas of all these people across the world was just ridiculous. So like new instruments like? Anything from a MIDI controller to an actual instrument itself to Um, anything that has to do with producing audio is considered an instrument. What? Um, so, 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 so take for instance the guy who won, and, and and it wasn't just because he made a traditional instrument. There was a lot of great stuff, but the guy who won actually made an adjustable microtonal guitar. Mm. And I'll try to explain that in like two sentences. Normal, <laughs> normal uh, tuning, a yeah. westernized tuning yes. in music, right, is a twelve-step program. Yep. Right. And mm-hmm. I use that as a joke, but it is very much. It is very much a twelve-step program where you start at a C and you go up a semitone, and there's twelve of them, and that, and then you'll repeat the C. Yeah. Right. right. There's that's Western music, but because that has become the dominant music, it's like okay, people don't think if you tune to that, then you have to tune to something different to be able to play Indian music, exactly. to be able to play Asian music, to play African music. There are notes that fall in between the right. two notes. Right. So if I if, if I was to try to play one style with a guitar, I would have to put that guitar down and pick up another guitar to play the other style. This is why you see uh, guitarists in a in a big show. They have six guitars right there, uh-huh. right? Because they've been tuned, they tuned to different, different ways, and yeah. they don't have time to tune it. So they they pre-tune them, right? This guy made a system which is so simple. He has movable frets. Oh, so each wow. one of That's the smart. frets can move, and you can go like you know if on a guitar. You'll see the line that goes you yeah. know across, across, yeah. across. He can move each one of those and get space the tones, get the tones wow. in between those notes, or get any notes you want. So he can quickly play Western music, Indian music, African music, Asian music, all from this one guitar. No That's one's big. ever thought of that. And he won. And he won. That's it was big. huge. But there was some great like technical stuff there as well. It was just it was just incredible the the ideas that that these kids came up with yo so you talked about that kid that just won so there's got to be like some new emerging technology that you're really into right now maybe new startup even a new gadget there's there's a couple things um one i was in la and i saw the best 3d that i've ever seen in my life and what i guess the way to describe it is right now the best 3d right now is still projections right like Beyonce does a show, she does a 3D projections, but there's a point where if she walks in front of what's projecting, it casts a shadow in the background. Right. These guys have figured out with a screen behind you and with these new form of glasses, they, they don't have the regular blue and red glasses, right? They have, it looks like cool, like uh, graded glasses, right? It looks, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, is the only way for me to describe it. And when you're watching the 3D, they had a person standing in the middle of what's being projected, and it looks like everything is right there with depth. Like like Minority Port 3D. It's yeah, like like better than that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Wow. Like better than that because like of the hologram. sizing. Because of the yeah, it really felt like I was in a hologram. And this was from mm. one screen, not even from all three angles. This was from one screen. So the size of it can be anywhere from a stadium to a jazz club, whatever. It's just the glasses are that dope. I think that's one of the best technologies I've seen. Um, and then a, a guy that was at this thing I was talking about for Georgia Tech, he developed um, basically sensors that sense, that sense motion, light, um, and your sort of like your relation to another thing. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. you can spatial use, relationships. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can use all of those factors to control everything. Which, which, if you know about open source code, mm-hmm. yeah. um, OSC is like you know better than MIDI because it's not it doesn't have any restrictions. You could just write programs to do whatever you want. So imagine like the lights being controlled off of how you move for a dance, right. or imagine yeah. the music reacting to how like, to but not but not like yo if you move this way, press play. It's like you are a- actually controlling a synth. By your arm moving right. this way and this way, and this controls the LFO, and this controls the pitch, and this control like all the movements of the person. I think that's that that for the live show and for theater, the system that they created is going to be one of the greatest things to 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 help out uh, just the arts in general. Right. Not only just for performers, but just any way you could think about it. You could have the hat tipping, and you know it mm. makes a sound, or or it makes lights go. It's just incredible application it's so basic that the application could be anything mm. and it's and it's like super small it's like the size of a quarter wow yeah so it could be placed on anything wow yeah it's that- hard for me to explain without you seeing it but it's like a complete system that they made that doesn't um it, it's not housed in anything big it's very very small but like a, a sensor like almost yeah. like something with a sticky back absolutely you can put it anywhere in any position yeah it's crazy that's that's crazy yeah definitely uh so it's like basically like a controller a control for anything though. Control lights, control, and it reacts mm. off everything. So, me dancing or me moving around or me playing certain notes or me doing we'll, whatever we'll trigger will trigger action. whatever else I want to program, right? And the optical sensors that it has on it not only react to light, but they react to the color of the light. So that then you can get into yeah you can get <laughs> into mood deep. yeah you can get into mood. So if the mood switches in the show to like blue lighting, that may make the synth do this, or that uh, may make you know you can you can make one signal trigger anything. Wow! So you got some serious yeah like I see how you're talking about the applications for theater and for live shows and whatnot are crazy. Yeah, but then again, the the person in me also goes wow that's a lot of power. Yeah. For police to have, for the powers <laughs> to be to have, like because it's getting smaller and smaller, smaller and smaller. So it's just, it's like what you see isn't always what you get. So when you when you get to, I'm I'm the type of person that believes in a Manchurian candidate. I'm the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like when you get that close to where, oh, I saw so and so say that, but like okay, we recorded his voice and we chopped it up and. That's not really him saying that. This is somebody else that we made to look like him. You know, it could be used for anything. It's well, crazy. And that's perfect. I mean, that leads me to one more question. Like, when you think of the future, do you think of the hope? Because that's my problem. Like, I see technologies like, I mean, I've known about nanotechnology since high school. Right. But now to see it actually really becoming that close where we're right almost there to yeah. it. This was going to be the conclusion. It is very simple. This was going to be the conclusion to my book. But I'm going to flesh it out a little bit further in the book. But it's very simple, man. It's just like... Either either we want to take humanity 
to the point where that we dreamed about in Star Trek. That's the purpose of comic books. That's the purpose of sci-fi. It's the purpose of all of it is to study the human condition and where do we want to go? Do we want to go into a Star Trek world where there's no money? Um, nobody, you know, everything is free. The purpose of life is to better yourself and explore and to become a better human being. Or are we going to let the powers that be that have hoarded the resources of this world that set people apart, have people still holding on to this religion, that religion, that religion, and fighting each other. Like, if we want to go down that road, then that's, you know what I mean? But in order for us to get to the Star Trek world, where everything is equal and free, it's a lot of big business that got to go under that don't want that to happen because it relinquishes power. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's, very, it's like in the Matrix where Neo is sitting there talking to the Oracle and... You know, he says, what does what does he want? And, you know, he's talking about the Merovingian. He's like, what yeah. does he want? She's like, what do all men with power want? More, More power. power. Yeah. Right? So it's like, all these people are going to give this up. Or the Rothschilds really going to be like, me and you is going to be equal to them. They're going to give up their they grip on money. Nah. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and with that's that where fight, my fear comes that, in. Exactly. Because that's where I, because I, I don't believe that those people are willing to do that. They not. No. Yeah. They not. So so then that's the point. It's like when you really talk about scientific progression, when you really talk about us as human beings, as a species, going to where we're supposed to go, uh, how we get there, like, you know, people are bullshitting. Like, at the end of the day, that's really what it is. There's enough food on the earth, even without replicators. And I'm saying we could get to the point of, of, of really making 3D printing something where if we put money behind it, we're supposed to be developing the replicator. Mm -hmm. so, yes. that we, so that any person can just walk up to that and say, yo, I need such and such. But that will relinquish power. power. The oil companies, the mm -hmm. pharmaceutical companies, the people that run the world, they're going to lose their power. So they're not willing. You got to fight for that. It's going to be a fight. That's that's really what it is. So I would, I would love to live in the Star Trek world, but I don't know if that's going to come about without some type of physical bloody revolution. There, there really is no revolution on this planet that has really been effective without bloodshed. Not one. Hmm. <laughs> I think you depressed, man. I mean, he's like, <laughs> but he's speaking truth. That, yeah. that, 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 that is heavy. But that's, that's the truth, and that's why a lot of people don't realize when people say stuff like, "Well, why they didn't cure this yet? Why they didn't cure that?" It's not that they didn't cure it. It's that that by by allowing the masses to have something like that, then you are effectively losing your power right. or, or that's how they perceive it that they're losing some type of right. power over people or losing the money or whatever the case may it's, be it's the money in the money in pharmaceuticals is not in getting you better it's to keep you alive yes yeah. yes it's not in making you better if you cure There's whatever no it is the they don't need then to come no back money. yeah yeah yep all right well let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more fan pros <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your man Swish, a.k.a. John Constantine. One half of Mr. and Mrs. of Mississippi Zone. Listen, I'm a fan, bro, because I rep Hawkeye, Batman, and I be on my Walking Dead shit. So if y'all mess with the real like I mess with the real, then y'all messing with fan bros. Subscribe on iTunes like I do. One. And welcome back, Internets. I hope that break wasn't too long. This is your boy, DJ Ben-Hameen, and it is time for our rapid-fire question segment with the one and only young guru in the building tonight. How you doing? You good? I'm good. I'm ready. All right. You been having a good time? <laughs> yeah, no, this is dope. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. What is our rapid-fire segment? So, you know, just whatever comes off the top of your head, you know, mm -hmm. first answer you get, yeah. hit us with it. And for the first one, we have Black Panther or Power Man. Black Panther. Why? Uh, introduced to him first. That's it? 
I mean, <laughs> so you said it like it was the wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> you told him like, why? You are one of the rare few who says Black Panther though. Nah, I like Black Panther. Black Panther was dope. Yeah, a lot of people. Mateo said Black Panther, right? Yeah, Mateo said Black Panther. Um, but most people come in here and they roll with power, man. Nah, yeah. I was I was into Black Panther earlier. I got introduced to it. That's why I said I was introduced to him first. First, so yeah. that did it. I feel you. All right, uh, Falcon or War Machine? Ooh. Mm. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> I would have to go with this is a big one mm. this says a lot about like you know are you like a driving Miss Daisy yeah, or a Malcolm X yeah, type of person yeah, war machine war, war machine, machine. Wow. Ah, wow I like it yeah I would have to go with war machine so you're not rolling with Falcon not, I, like, not, I mean I like Falcon, Falcon. As everybody a likes Falcon but the but war machine see I like the I guess this is off the rapid fire but I'm no, explaining go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I like the fact when the when the when the um characters got complicated and they got to be real human beings who weren't necessarily oh this is a good guy yeah right. and this is a bad guy yep. like early comic books had that right mm-hmm. and then they got complicated so it's like by the time you get the War Machine it's just like yeah like the lines are a little blurry yeah, yeah. but but lines are blurry in real life right you yeah. know what right. I mean that's that's the dope thing it's it's the perfect um thing of now how. Somebody who, like, say your favorite person, Wolverine, right? Yeah. He used to be the, not, I don't want to say evil, but he was just the, like, uh, rebel. He was right? the outcast. He was the outcast. He would leave and, and go off on his own and come back, and Professor X would always take him, right? Right. But then if you notice, over the years, what's happened is, like, with Phoenix happening and then Cyclops bugging out, and he can't deal without right. living with Jean right. Grey. He was supposed to be the leader, take care of all the kids. Now, no, Storm out. has become the den mother, mm-hmm. but... Uh, Wolverine has become like the protector of all of the all kids, the kids. Yep. and the best like teacher. So it's like now you get to see like both sides and life is real. Somebody's not just yeah. blatantly good or bad or whatever. It's right. just like you Cyclops know. still simping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely. <laughs> I thought it was simping for Cyclops. Wasn't that the hashtag? I thought <laughs> no, it was simping for, oh, Spy- for Spider Man. Simping for Spider Man. Simping for Cyclops. No, Cyclops simps <laughs> oh himself. Oh my God. Gee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll go into that later. I'll talk about the cartoon. Oh my God, Gene. <laughs> Why did you leave me, Jay? Shut up. Oh, man. All right. Wow. You know, I like Cyclops. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? No, Star Trek. I get excited. Star Trek. I get excited. You almost didn't get the question out. Come on. No comparison. Thank you. Do you want the explanation? Yes. Okay. I had an argument with Jess Blaze about this, but I want to hear this. Go ahead. No, no, easily. Star (laughs) Star Wars. Star Wars is religion. Yes. Right. Yep. Star Wars gives you the answer. Mm-hmm. It tells you what exactly what it is, right? Yep. And as far as religions go, Star Wars is probably the most accurate religion in all this other man-made yeah. garbage, right? Yeah. That's Akasha. When, when we say Akasha, there's really a force, right, mm-hmm. that right. combines yeah. every single thing in the universe. And if you were able to tap into it, then you could do all the things that you do with the force. But yep. there actually is a force that combines all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. But it's religion. You've wrapped all this other stuff around it. Yes. Right, Star Trek <laughs> number one is a universe and a world in and of itself that was started by a television show and there is only one episode where anything is ever wrong which is the very first one after that it is the perfect explanation exploration of human beings and who we are as people trying to figure ourselves out whereas religion just says oh 
this is what it is. Scientists go, I need to know why. And we discover those things and we, when we ask the, we admit to the question of, I don't know. I need to figure it out. That's science. Star Trek is science. Yes. Now, also, you also, have, you, you have, if we talk about in terms of legacy of what it is, Star Wars is six movies, right? Yep. Three of which, I mean, are questionable. Questionable as hell. Me personally, I would have liked to see the puppet instead of the CGI. Me personally, I would have liked to have never seen the first. You know, cool, right? They did what they did. It was a different audience. Star Trek now, mind you, mind you, started off as a television show. Right, we had the television show rock for three years. Mm-hmm. Then, in the in between, we got the animation, um, yeah. the animated Star Trek series that a lot of people don't know about, but was really a continuation because they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with the television show. Mm-hmm. Right? Then we get into the movies. All of this leads up to now we get back to television and we have Next Generation, which, in my opinion, is the best. S- series in the Star Trek world because it rocked the longest, did the most exploration, right? We never break timeline. Everything historically, no matter what happens, everything is pinpointed back to a specific thing. All the writers for Star Trek were either from NASA or they were like some really, really dope um, uh, TV writer, right? (laughs) So we have a world where we have absolutely never broke and everything i don't care if it's deep space nine which wasn't necessarily my favorite because they didn't travel that much but deep space nine is about at the end of it when you look at the whole wrap-up is about religion Mm -hmm. right that deep space nine really gets into that because the people in the area where they are are super religious and the black captain you know he goes through this whole thing right? right cool um but no matter which ones we go to even the latest one that came out they had to say, okay, we're. They told you we're breaking the timeline by Spock meeting Spock. Yep. yep. Right. They explained to you then how you could break the timeline to have that episode be okay. the way that it was. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you if you really look at the seven year one, the the next generation, it's perfect. perfect. From 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 um uh uh, uh mission to star point. I mean, uh, I think uh, the very first episode was called. Mission to Starpoint, some shit like that, right? And they run into the queue. Yeah. And the, at the end of the seven years, the very last episode is a wrap-up with Q. Q yeah. And Q explains to you why he's been messing with them for the past seven years. And he tried, for, for those that don't know, the Q continuum are people that have traveled through time. They've done everything that they could ever possibly do, and they're bored. They are, one of them. They, are the exemplar, they, they are exemplifying what perfection is. Perfection is boring. There is no movement in perfection. There's nowhere else to go. There's nothing else to do. When Picard gets there to the Q continuum and they try to represent that in a way that a human mind could see, it's like an old western dusty road with, with the tumbleweeds and, and people just sitting on a porch because they've done it all. They've been to every point in time from the beginning to the end. They've done it. Um, they've done it. And they just sit there and as they've lost the thing that makes human beings so special is the fact that it's impossible for you to run the 40 in zero seconds, right? We know that that's impossible. Yep. But every day, people try to make it faster and faster and faster and faster. We run 100 yards faster every single year because as human beings, we want it's something about us that make us want to get better. Evolve. And that thing is what Q sees in them that eventually makes us better than them yeah. because we never lose that. So their godlike appearance, right, he's really scared of us. 
He wants to see what is it in you that makes you want to run the 100 faster today in everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no comparison between Star Trek and Star Wars. Damn it. Tatiana's going to make a soundboard. <laughs> that sounded like a couple of, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was a couple of mic dropping. Like, oh, did you hear? Did y'all hear what I just heard? The young guru Star Trek soundboard is coming. No, no, no. But <laughs> she's going to chop up love, your answer. I absolutely love Star Wars. Of course. But, you know, I'm not, I'm, don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah Star Wars is cool. Yeah. But if we talking about which one? Yeah, Star she Trek. She just never gets people to, like, you're one of the only people that have ever answered it, Star You're Trek. the second person. I, I, it's always the same, and they say the same thing. Oh, because Star Wars is fun and blah, mm. blah, blah. Yeah, that's nice and cool. But listen to what this man just said. All right. After that answer, I'm going to watch Star Trek starting tonight. That's yeah, <laughs> word. You might have to get okay, me back you, on the, the, on the, the next only, generation the, one. The, 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 real, the only mistake was the very first one, the very first episode of the TV show that aired. They had, um, uh, they were still using paper instead of like tablets. Yep. That's the only mistake. They get a fax. <laughs> and they get sort of like a, the equivalent of what's a fax. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that was supposed to be advanced. Yeah. And then after the second episode, somebody must have been like, you know, about that time, we're, we're not going to use paper. Yeah. 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 And you see, but then you see them with what becomes the equivalent of like sort of like an iPad tablet. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, um, what's your favorite comic book? Ooh, that's hard, but uh, and this may sound like a generic question, but X-Men. Okay. Just because of the world that it's set up. And my time period, like I said. Chris Claremont. Yeah, yeah. And, and my, the, the thing of jump of being on it when it comes out, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And you feel like that's yours. The same way you feel like artists from your time period are yours, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's like I felt like the, the I can I can – love James Brown and I could love all these artists from before or love people that came before me but I really love artists that I grew up with and watched them and felt them when the records dropped I don't know what it felt like when the first James Brown record dropped you know what I'm saying how the party mm-hmm. felt Friday night you know it's, it's always a look back thing mm-hmm. I know how it felt when them when them joints hit and the characters and then um the way it's been developed and you know, X-Force. I consider everything, New yeah. Mutants, yeah. everything oh, that yeah. came of course, off of yeah. X-Men is, to me, yeah. part of the X-Men world. Yeah. You know, so, like, just all of those things. X-23, I was, like, I was telling yeah, you, you put like, me on to that. They, yep. always, they always introduce a new character that's just like, oh, I love this person. You but, read uh, Morrison's run when he did the new X-Men? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was dope. That's was the dope. one that got me back in the comics. Like, for about four or five years, I just stopped reading on the regular. And then my boy's like, nah, you got to read what Morrison is doing over there. I ain't on front. You know what You know what really got me, like, really going hard right now is my iPad. Yes. Because you got everything on it. Right and I there. don't got to carry the, the book. Books, yep. So it's perfect for me to have it on my iPad. I just go on to the little store. I buy whatever the latest thing is. I get the subscription. So when the new ones come out, and then I'm on the plane, and I can just read. Mm-hmm. And the way that it scans through the pictures is, like, really, really dope. My iPad got me, like, really back where I know all the storyline. You got to get on to um, Manhattan Projects. Okay, I haven't read that. Yeah, you got to read Manhattan Projects. Okay, You'll love it. That. I've talked about it before on the show, but basically it's like a story about what if the Manhattan Project was like a cover for what Einstein and them were really doing. Oh, so it's got like Einstein. Um, He's my favorite scientist, by the way. Okay, it's uh, everyone in it is like Oppenheimer's in it. Okay, but they're all very twisted versions. Like Einstein has discovered oh, okay. parallel universes, and the evil Einstein has replaced him. Oh, yeah, it's dope. a it's okay. a ridiculous series. Dope, but Manhattan dope. Projects, definitely check it out. Um, I would ask, but I guess you already know what's the favorite TV show of all time. Yep, 
Now, see, that's hard <clears throat> because it, it flips in between. Now, at the long explanation I just gave you about how much I love Star Trek, yep. that's how powerful The Wire was in a five-year series. There we go. So for me, The Wire, and, that's, and there's a lot of contenders. Yes. But for me, The Wire was the most complete, accurate series that I've <clears throat> seen in a very long time with the best character development. Um, again, we were talking about like, you know, you you love the fact that in comic books like that are real, like people really die. Anybody could get it. Um, <clears throat> it was just it was the first year I was like, yo, this is cool, another little hood story. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Then the second year really, really got it me because yes. it went to the docks and it was I like I always said that was yeah. my, one of my favorite scenes. And everybody yeah. hates everybody on it, but hates I nah, it was that. dope. Yeah. To me, it was dope. Yeah, and it's set up. It's set up so much more. Yeah, for the rest of the three. So then the third one is really um the third one is really you getting uh politics and then the fourth one is about the kids, right? And you seeing sort of people just don't oh I'm killer Manila. You know what I'm saying? I just popped out of nowhere. Nah, like you, you see get them, to you see, see the development yeah. and what makes a child get to this level so where Michael eventually becomes the new guy that's going to rob everybody, yep. right? You, you, you see this progression. You you watch somebody like Dookie who could have been a rocket scientist mm-hmm. and yeah, how he becomes yeah, a fiend. Yeah. Yeah. So you see a fiend that is the most intelligent out of his whole crew because of the situation. Once Michael's gone out of the picture, it's like he has nothing. Yep. He already yeah. had nothing, you know what I mean? But that type of thing. And then five I thought was really on time because – they addressed uh, what automation was doing to our world, but mm-hmm. by doing it, we, we all know the music story, we all know the magazine, but by doing it through the newspaper, yeah. right? Music magazines and newspaper was who really got hit by the internet. And by doing it through that newspaper, it really gave you an angle into what automation, in, in, in essence, is doing yep. to the creatives and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the dumbing down of, um, or should I say the slimming down of those agencies and things that, that would naturally be in there. But there's, even though you would think McNulty really is the the main character, there is no main character. I always say Baltimore is the yeah, main Baltimore's character. Yeah, Baltimore is the character. Yeah. And it's like the character development that is given throughout those series, you you won't realize until you go back and look at it that uh, certain people in the, in the politics world were being introduced in season two, but yep. not as main characters. characters and then they developed <clears throat> right? into them. When the little Carcetti boy, yeah, even. everybody, yeah. yeah. When the little boy is sitting there and he walks in and his mom have, has said she wasn't going to buy him clothes, and that he lights the cigarette in front of his mom and he goes upstairs and he looks at his clothes and he's like, "Oh, dope!" And he sits down to play a video game. Um, the dude that always goes, she, yeah. Yeah. he's yeah, yeah, yeah. on the television. Yeah. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But never, you really wasn't introduced to him yet. Clay then, Davis. Yeah, Details, you figure it yeah. out. You figure out everything as as everything goes on. It's, it's one of the greatest explanations of, of life in a uh, major, or, and I don't even want to say black life, just life in general in a major urban environment. Word. Yeah, I, I feel the same way about it. Like I even say how like they introduced characters in season five that you're love as much as the ones that from oh, season yeah. one. Oh yeah. By the end of season oh, yeah. five. Yeah. 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 Well written. Yeah. Well written. Guru, thank you so much. Oh, thank y'all for having me. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I already knew you was into it, but I'm shocked how much you're into it. Into <laughs> technology, into, into engineering. 
I'm sure you probably coding. You know how to code. Yes. You probably doing that. Um, that, that. That's another big thing, if, if I can say anything. That's the major thing, that there are too many resources out there now for our children not to know how to code. Yes. yes. Um, so you can go to so many different places. Um, but the main thing that I, I preach to a lot of the people is that we need to start developing those things for children. Um, and, and I got involved with uh, mm. something that was great at Georgia Tech. Uh, where they go and they teach high school and junior high school kids how to code right. um, through the use of music. They write programs and all this other stuff. So I gave them a bunch of sounds. Or is whatever. this part of your foundation? Um, yeah, my foundation is involved with it. Right. Okay. So, What's the name of your foundation? Uh, the Young Group Foundation. Young Group Foundation. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Keep cool. it simple. No, yeah. no, very simple. Um, we do. We just do scholarship stuff. Um, okay. Right now, I do. I have one in South Africa as well. Mm. For um, that's really music engineering. So that's with SAE. Uh, so I do a scholarship where I, you know, they write the little letters. Uh, I read them, you know, and you try to pick, like, the situation where you feel like you can help the most. Right. And I just pay for the kid to go to engineering school with SAE. That's dope. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. dope. That's dope. That's dope. Is there anything you want to – well, you've given a lot to the listeners just now. I mean, mad gems. You're telling them all this stuff. you tell them my Star Trek is better. Stuff like that. <laughs> anything else you wanted to um, – anybody you wanted to shout out? I know you just mentioned your foundation. Any any big things coming up for you right now? No, nah, I, I, I read I, – to me, it's better – that I shout out Ben Ami. Like, <laughs> that, that's, that was that's, nice. Nah, seriously. Like, I watched this dude, man, from, from college. You got to imagine being in college and you seeing people, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, then we like, both went to Howard together. Yeah, your, your Jedi, you know what I'm saying, thing goes off. And I was just like, yeah. yo, this dude, you know, like, I, like he got a lot. His metachlorian level is, is high. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big, you know what I'm big it, 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 I mean, It really was like that. And, and the funny thing is, I'll tell people this all the time. Like when I first got to Howard, like all I wanted to do was be Young Guru, because like you know, Young Guru was like everywhere on every party flyer, everything. And then I saw him DJ one of the first few days, and I was just like, "Yo, this dude, you know, he rock. He, you know, he, and he was everywhere." So I was just like, "Yo, I just want to get to that level." Where where can people find you online on social media? Uh, Young Guru seven six three. Um, on Instagram. Instagram is what I'm really on all the time. Twitter is like every once in a while. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time it's just either my manager posting something. If you see something that's like, yo, so-and-so party next week, that's my that's manager. That's your manager, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if it's something that's like a real comment, then that's me. But I'm I'm rarely, you can find me on Instagram more than um than on Twitter. Website? Uh, youngguru.com. Oh, I'm sorry, djyoungguru.com. Yep. Wonderful, wonderful. And I think that's all the questions we had, was it? I think that's about it. You know, once again, thank you, Guru, for coming through. Happy birthday again, sir. I appreciate it. Happy birthday yeah, to happy you birthday. too, bro. Yeah. All right. Oh, one more thing. Yes. You guys, I'm going to South by Southwest next week. You guys remember that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I personally will be there the 6th through the 12th. I'm actually going to be speaking on a panel titled um, How the Black Twitterverse changing, is Changing Pop Culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically going to be a... Um, it's going to be about the, the, the merits and, you know, the, the downfall of that. But I'm really excited about that. It's going to be my first South by Southwest. Is and it? My, yes, and my first time there as a speaker. So that's a oh, huge wow. thing for the me. The tech part is getting really, really big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is. so me being being the grand duchess of tech, I have to make my way down there. You'll love um, it. Make it happen. Um, are you going to be down there? I'm definitely going to be down there. The tech part is, is, is getting bigger. The music part is getting worse. Oh. Now, I'm um, so mad I'm going for music and not tech. Yeah, the music part is, is I wish it could be the old thing. But, yeah. but it's it's... It's getting bigger, which in essence is taking away sort of like a little bit of the ethos of the, of the music part. Mm. Um, but 
to a certain degree, like the tech part is just winning to me because tech is getting so much bigger. But when I say the music part is getting worse, it's only because South by was the place that you would go. You just walk down Sixth Street and you would discover a band. Like, mm-hmm. don't plan on nothing. Don't yeah, be okay. like, I gotta go see so and so. Yeah, if, if if you know what I'm saying, if Don is performing, then yeah, I'm gonna make my way. But the walk from after their show to back, don't plan nothing because you're just naturally going to be like, oh, let me see this band mm-hmm. or let me see this band. Let me see this. That's how you do the music well, you, part now. You might right. just walk past the bar and hear something. Yeah, like, exactly. you, you gonna be down there if they're Oh, definitely, definitely. All right, cool. So, so, so March eighth, Saturday, March eighth. Is your at panel? The, it's my panel at okay, the Hilton cool. Garden. And if you can make that, that would be dope. Dope. All right. That would be dope. I I'm appreciate that. Be. All right. Well, once again, thank you, Young Groove, for coming through. Yes, Thanks, sir. everyone, for listening to another episode of Fan Bros. We'll be right back here next week. Tune in. Like. Follow us on SoundCloud. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on iTunes. Like us on iTunes. Rate, subscribe. Leave comments on iTunes. Yes. Um, tune in for our special deliveries. We'll be covering the last two episodes of True Detective and The Walking Dead as that finishes up. And once again, thank you from the Fan Bros. Peace and blessings. Fan Bros. Peace.